Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness, where we are exploring what it means to live and lead mindfully. And today, I am bringing to you one of the experts in this field, Ryan Godfredson, PhD, is a cutting-edge consultant, trainer, coach, and researcher. He is a mindfulness mindset pioneer. He works with leaders and organizations to think through their current mindset and then shape how you want your mindset to go forward. Ryan's got some great new tools he's going to share that even you can access mindfulness and get to know your mindset in a simple and easy way. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you on. You were so thoughtful about that. That was great. Well, you know, it's such a gift when guests come to me and they say, you know, Holly, I'm excited about the topic. We have a great intersection here. And I was really excited because you actually have a tool that I have considered doing, but I don't have my PhD. <laughs> and, and with all the, the work that I'm doing, I haven't been able to do. So I'm hoping that maybe on the show we can um, partner to share some of the work that you've been doing. Um, but before we dive into the tool, uh, with each show, we just kind of like to explore with guests this idea of what is mindfulness? Because we think we know, but maybe we don't know, and it's kind of different per person. What's your definition of mindfulness? Yeah, and I think I think about this different levels, and it all depends on the audience that we're talking to, right? So if it's a novice, we're going to answer a different way, if it's an expert, uh, a totally different way. So I generally start by talking, instead of talking about mindfulness, is what is mindlessness? Because I think that that's easier to capture. Um, so mindlessness is when we operate on autopilot. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that research has found is that 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processes. So when we go about our day, we generally operate in autopilot. And that is an efficient way to live. It's not always an effective way to live. And so the opposite of that then is mindfulness and being mindful. So to me, the way that I define mindfulness is that and in order to get out of your autopilot mode, two things need to happen. You need to be present and you need to be aware. And so when we put those together, that allows us to be intentional. And so I generally think about mindfulness as that combination of presence and awareness, and it's manifested through intentionality. I absolutely agree. And we're on, you know, about show 100, 125 now, and it's really fun to see over the last few years, mindfulness 
in it in and of itself as a concept is growing and i think our agreement around that presence and that awareness piece is, is coming through now you know we both speak as part of our work in the world and we often hit people that mindfulness i say it like bounces off of them they think oh it's religious oh it's spiritual oh it's this you know i've got my way of overcoming that how do, how do you do that yeah so I mean, first and foremost, let me be very transparent. If you would have asked me two years ago, if I would be on a podcast talking about mindfulness, I would have said, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You know, because I, I saw it as this hippy dippy thing. And so I've come at mindfulness from an academic perspective where I started to be exposed to some of the research on mindfulness as I, as I engage in my leadership research. And, the, and one of the things that, I think one of the things that's lending itself to more clarity around the construct is what we call it in, in academia, is the fact that there's, um, an ex, there's been an exponential increase in the amount of research on mindfulness. And, and now we've got a whole host of data that shows us that mindfulness matters and it matters a lot. So at a very fundamental level, um, when I talk about this with the groups that I speak to is uh, talk about how we have a tendency to see ourselves as heroes, but in reality, we're oftentimes the villain because what's going on with the villain is they villains have a tendency to think that their thinking is the correct way to think. And they usually are carrying some chip on their shoulder that leads them to operate in a way that has a negative effect on other people. They're operating mindlessly because they're just going by, they're trying to fuel this need that is within them and it ends up having collateral damage for those around them. So in order for the leaders and the employees that I work with to become more of the heroes in their life, they need to come to a greater awareness of themselves and help themselves be, develop the skills to be present in the moment. And when we combine that presence and awareness together, the three primary benefits of this are attentional stability, attentional control, and attentional efficiency. And what we've learned is what captures our attention shapes our thinking, our feeling, uh, our judging and decision-making. So if we could better regulate our attention, a whole host of benefits come through that. And, you know, we could probably identify, you know, I could, go through at least 25 different benefits that uh, research has found that benefit us. So there's a word you've said a couple of times that, that I've been playing with a little and, and exploring, and it's the word judging or judgment or in the process of, of judging. And the definition of mindfulness I refer to a lot is the John Kabat-Zinn definition, the practice of being present in the moment with non judgment. And yet you just did this really great real life example of judgment. <laughs> and in my coaching practice, you know, we were talking about, you know, your, your practices evolve. Um, for a lot of my early work, I've been sort of taking that judgment piece out because I think humans are hardwired for judgment. And yet, as you're stating, the research, the practice, as we're, we're growing and evolving more into understanding the importance of this practice, I think I've got to bring this non-judgment piece back in. So um, talk to me about how your work dances in that field with, with the judgment piece, because it's, it's so 
so hardwired for us. Yes, this person's bad or good or villain or not villain or queen or prince or whatever. Like, how can, how can we use mindfulness to be less judgmental? Yeah, and I think judgmental uh, or judging has multiple different definitions. Um, you see, one of the things that research is found in the latest psychological research suggests that what dictates how we think, learn, and behave is based upon the traits we bring to the situation as well as the lenses in which we view the situation. And so whenever we're, when we encounter a new situation, let's just say we walk into a party or we walk into a speaking event, well, our brain is mentally wired to pick up on specific cues. And because usually there's thousands, if not millions of cues in the environment and we can't process all of those. So what happens is we are wired to pick up on specific cues that those specific cues go on to fuel how we think and respond to the environment. So regardless of the environment, those cues shape how we operate. Now, the thing that's interesting and where I focus on when it comes to mindfulness is what causes us to identify certain cues and not other cues. And those are our mindsets. So let me give you just a quick example of this. So some people, they come into a situation and it's a challenging situation, it's a challenge. And when some people pick up on cues associated with a challenge as though this is a bad thing, run and hide. Other people say, this is a good thing because I'm gonna learn and grow because of it. So depending upon the cues that we pick up on on our environment and our mindsets, which cause us to see those cues in different lights, affects how we think learn and behave after we interpret those cues. And so the idea of making judgments is one, we need to sit with everything, but at the same time, we are, we are judging everything. We, we can't help in a way make, and the way that I use the term is we make attributions about things based upon our past experiences and the lenses that we're wearing. Now, so where, to me, where the intersection between mindsets, which are these lenses that causes us to pick up on specific cues, comes into effect with mindfulness, is most of us aren't conscious of what our mindsets are. And if we can awaken to our mindsets and better understand the cues that we absorb and also identify, hey, there may be things that I don't naturally absorb that's affecting my processing. If we could step back and be mindful and aware of ourselves, and the lenses that we use to view the world, that ratchets, ratchets up our mindfulness. Absolutely. And one of the things that we find is a really great tool for a mindful practice is that, that pause to recognize what are the, the stimuluses you're letting in. And then kind of that next question, what, what am I not seeing here? Or, or try to deepen your awareness in a particular situation or project or thing that you're doing. So often on the show, we will ask our guests, um, what's one great question? You're a PhD, you've done a lot of research, worked with a lot of people. What's a question that you use or that you have your clients use to open up their mindful mindset? Um, I, there's lots of them. The one that I think I love, well, can I give you two? Absolutely. Okay, so let me give you two. Um, and one comes from Brene Brown and uh, her book, uh, Rising Strong. And, and the question is, is do you think in general 
that people are doing the best they can. And the thing that's really interesting about this question, and I ask this to many groups that I speak to, and, and in many groups, the majority of people are saying, in general, people are not doing the best that they can. And, and what Brene Brown found through her research is that when we believe that other people aren't doing the best that we can, we struggle with shame and perfectionism. When we believe that other people are doing the best that we can, we now become loving and accepting. So let me just give you a quick example of this. So, and I'm, ash I'm ashamed to admit this. Um, I'm a recovering mindless person. Uh, but when I would pull up to a street corner and I would see a homeless person standing there, for most of my adult life, I was thinking, what are you doing with your time? Like, go do something with it, go get a job, right? Because I'm approaching them as though they are not doing their best. When I don't see them as doing their best, I become rather critical of them. But when I read this question, it forced me to step back and say, what if I asked the question or, or even thought that they are doing their best? Then that led me to ask myself, what has happened in their life that has led them to believe that this is the best way to live? Now, rather being critical of them, I'm incredibly empathetic to their situation. Um, and so, so that's one of the questions uh, that I think is really powerful because it forces us to step back and question the lens that we use to view other people. And what's the second one? All right, so I didn't know if you want to comment there. So the second one uh, comes from a gentleman, his name is Benjamin Zander, and he's the uh, founder and the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. He, he has a fantastic book that's called The Art of Possibility and a great TED Talk. And uh, one of the questions that he uses is, who am I being that their light is not shining? And so if we have a conflict or if we're in a challenging situation with another person, Rather than look out the window and point the finger, what's wrong with you? We first ask the question, who am I being that their eyes are not shining? And, and that, that is something that forces you to pause, step back, look inward, and figure out how you can better navigate that situation yourself rather than put the blame on the other people. Wow, Ryan, that's so great. I feel like we're going to need to take a half hour break to let people process through <laughs> know, those. Right? So, so let's make sure we got the question right. Question one was from Brene Brown. Yep. Do you believe people are doing their best? Uh -huh. And question number two was from the conductor at the Boston Philharmonic, Xander. Yep. Benjamin Xander. Yep. Benjamin Xander. Who am I being that their light is not shining? Yeah. Wow. You know, again, to this piece of mind, your mindset is yours and you need to be mindful and really think about how your, your energy and your mindset impacts with others. Fantastic. So Ryan, let's let people take a little note, sit with that for a few minutes, and we'll be right back. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. You're listening to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, and we are here with Ryan Godfredson, PhD, exploring the 
woo-woo to wow factor in mindfulness. And Ryan, I love what you said in the opening part, you know, that you're, you're surprised that you're on a show about mindfulness, and yet you've utilized your academic perspective to build your own belief and credibility in this tool. And now uh, that combined with all of your years research, you're writing articles and speaking and coaching and consulting on this. And part of the way that I found you was through the mindset assessment tool. And I'd just like to take the second half of the show and, and talk a little bit about why did you get so passionate about this? How'd you do it? And how can our guests be a part of it? Gotcha. Thank you for letting me share. So for me, I feel like my purpose in life is to help people awaken to themselves. Uh, Because for me, I needed to awaken to myself. Is the way that I grew up and the mindsets that I just naturally developed through my life were largely negative. But I thought that the way I saw the world was the best way to see the world. And then, so to get, give you just a personal example, is um, I was given a book uh, that's called Leadership and Self-Deception. It's written by the Arbinger Institute. They do fantastic work. And, and the book is all about the difference between an inward mindset and an outward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others, and that causes us to see others as objects. When we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves, Their needs and interests matter just as much as our own. And when we have that mindset, we're able to see them as they are, as people, and value them as such. And so I picked up this book, and I was thoroughly entrenched in an inward mindset. Uh, You know, I'm number one. Everybody else is less than number one, right? And that caused me to see others as objects. And it wasn't like I was consciously trying to be a jerk, and I don't think I was a jerk most of the time. But as I read that book, I could see all of the negative effects that I had on people throughout my life because my mind and my brain was wired to value myself more than others. And so when I read that book, this was a huge self-awakening thing for me, suggesting that I need to look at others in a different lens. Um, And so that's really what one of the things that started me on my journey uh, to to focus one on mindsets, but also that was started on my journey to greater mindfulness. And so as, I, um, as I've kind of learned about the power of mindsets and been exposed to research on mindsets, what I've come, or what I realized is there's a lot to this. How we see the world affects everything that we do. And so if we can improve how we see the world, then we're gonna be better off. And so that led me to ask, ask the question, well, what other mindsets do I need to have to be successful? And so I dove into the academic literature and I've identified four different sets of mindsets across different fields like marketing, psychology, management, and education. And, and there's these different mindsets that are out there all finding the same thing that they non-consciously affect how we think, learn, and behave. And so what I've done is I've just brought them together into a single framework. And one of the things that's unique about this is even though they're studying independently, they're identifying mindsets on a continuum from negative to positive. And, and so what I did is bringing these together, creating assessment using uh, questions that have been validated with over 30 years of research on each of these things, is it allows people to take the assessment then they will get an individualized and customized report about what 
mindsets, one, are out there. So what are these negative and what are these positive mindsets? And where are their mindsets along each of these continuums? And what this does is it gives us objective information about what mindsets do I have and what mindset do I need to have if I want to operate more effectively. So now it allows us to develop a path forward in terms of improving our lives. So you let me do the assessment um, before we came on the show, and it's really great. If you're interested in learning more about your mindset, I want our listeners to, to do the assessment, but don't, don't be afraid of it. And I'll tell you why, because it's really like Ryan just described, it's kind of a thermometer and really gave me that mindful pause moment to reflect on questions that you might not normally think about, like one of them, my focus at work or in group projects primarily revolves around ensuring I am successful. So that's one side of the thermometer, if you will. The other side is my focus at work or in group projects primarily revolves around ensuring my coworkers or group members are successful. So you, as you move through the assessment, you're, you're, you're assessing is this, is this a fit for you or is the opposite or somewhere in between and there's, there's seven yeah. bullet points, but there's the, as it relates to, to the team you work with, or like, like personally, there was one that made me pause. When I receive criticism, I, criticism, I do not get defensive. Or when I receive criticism, I get defensive. And so this, this test in really 15 minutes, maybe, can yeah, help 20 you. 20 questions. Yeah, I, I was going to say 30. It's about 20 questions. It gives you the chance to maybe get honest with yourself in a way that you haven't gotten honest with yourself in a long time. But you bring up a good point is when people take this, I, this isn't a tool that should be used to either me or yourself, anybody else to beat yourself up with. Because when I speak to groups and I ask them, okay, mindsets are important. We established that point. Well, then I ask them, what mindsets do you need to have to be successful? You see, I think we all use the term mindsets in our vocabulary but there's very few people that can identify specific mindsets and put labels on them. And if we can't put labels on our mindsets, how can we introspect about them and how can we work on them? And so for most people, mindsets is, never, is something that they've never spent any time or conscious effort trying to develop. And so if you were to take the mindset assessment and you happen to have not very positive mindsets, well, maybe that shouldn't come as a surprise because you've never really worked on it. You know, so what the, what the mindset assessment does is it gives us our starting place and then it's all uphill from there. So, and I'll say for myself, when I learned about these mindsets is I was on the negative side on all of these. And, and so it's, it's taken a lot of personal work to shift my mindsets to be more towards the positive and, and having the labels, and then having somebody or at least information to give you some tools on how to improve them, and that's one of the things that the report gives you, it makes that process of shifting our mindsets easier. Well, and I, you know, back to even practicing mindfulness in your results, if the idea is, you know, be in the present moment without judgment, is looking at these results, and if, if you get one that's labeled the bottom or lab, labeled negative, sit with it and decide, just because Ryan says it this way, is that actually a gift to me or a tool that I can use 
in in my work in the way that I show up because we all show up in a different way. I have um, have a strong promotion mindset. Well, some might say that that is negative, but yet my whole work in the world is about promoting mindfulness in the world. So the results really can give you um, both a visual and kind of a, a context for each of the various ways that you're your mindset shows up. Yeah. So what this does is, again, and like you said, is it just allows us to step back and question our non-conscious automatic processing that's driving our lives. And if we can improve ourselves at that non-conscious level, awesome. But then also the second thing that it does is it empowers us to be more conscious. And that's when we can be more intentional and more effective. So now, Ryan, I've done the assessment, got some some baseline information about myself and my mindset. Um, you invite people to uh, periodically review their mindset and continue this conversation with you on your blog. How would someone get to your blog? Yeah, so it's pretty easy. It's ryangotfordson.com. If you're just, just you know, type in Ryan and mindset, my guess is you, you might even find it. So uh, it's pretty simple. Now, You've put all of these years of, of research and everything into uh, a book that's going to be coming out in 2020, Success Mindsets. Um, if people want to get more information um, when it gets a little closer to February about the book, can we find it there at um, your website as well? Yeah. So, in fact, I'm just uh, right now, or we're just um, – approved the kind of the outer cover of the book this week and so now it's going to go to press so i'm going to get pre-release copies in october um and that's something that i will be able to release to the groups that i speak to um, in advance of the ebooks set to come out in february print book in may but my website in the next uh, probably in the next week will have a place where people can go and pre-order the book so um, I want my listeners to be able to do the assessment. Where do I go to get the assessment? Yep, right on the website. So you'll hit the, hit the website. There'll be a nice button that you'll see clearly that'll just say mindset assessment. Uh, click that, type in your email address uh, so you can get some results and uh, you're good to go. Wonderful. So listeners, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you're, you're intrigued, you're excited, but you're still looking for a little bit of data or research, I really want to encourage you to check out Ryan's work because he's bringing an academic perspective to your mindful mindset so that you can create success no matter where you are in your career path. Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Love it. Well, we hope you'll come back um, in February or just shortly after when the book comes out so we can deep dive more into the case studies and the examples of how your work is making a difference in the world. Let's do it. Remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.